We're trying to solve a problem here, Billy. Not like this. You're not. You're not even looking at the problem. Well, we're very aware of the problem. I mean, okay, good. What's the problem? Look, Billy. We all understand what the problem is. We have to okay, replace. Okay, good. What's the problem? The problem is we have to replace three key players in our nope. lineup. What's the problem? Same as Zetterman. We've got to replace these guys with what we have existing. No. What's the problem, Barry? We need 38 home runs, 120 RBIs, and 47 doubles to replace. The problem we're trying to solve is that there are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. Give you too much, you know. We, we've got to keep, we've got to keep the fires burning in you yeah, for, for some yeah. dude and a monkey love. So, uh, <laughs> dude and a monkey love. Um, so, <laughs> uh, coming up on this week's show, we're going to be doing a, a bit of a USVOD review. Uh, even though uh, director Joe Carnahan is very much not happy with it being on VOD, but uh, hey, uh, it's uh, the Patrick Wilson starring Stretch, and uh, we're also going to be taking on the uh, three of the films in our. Um, I can't remember what we were calling this marathon, so never mind marathon. Um, <laughs> as we we look at what is essentially, I suppose, is the Jamie Lloyd trilogy of the uh, the Halloween films. Um, uh, Halloween four, five, and six. So that's the Return of Michael Myers, the Revenge of Michael Myers, and the Curse of Michael Myers. So uh, yeah, brilliant. Uh, we'll also um, I don't know. Maybe talk about other stuff we've watched, even though, to be honest with you, I don't think I've watched anything else other than Stretch and the Halloween films. I haven't watched anything else. I mean, literally, we recorded this, we last recorded on Sunday night, and it is uh, Wednesday night now. Yeah. Um, and I, and then we've both been at work, um, I think, all three days since. Um, and I did a 16-hour shift yesterday. So I got in at midnight yesterday, last night and watched uh, the Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, and then I got up at seven this morning to watch Stretch. How did I do it? 
I watched I watched I Halloween watched... four on Sunday night. Me too. Uh, I watched the vast majority of Halloween five on Monday, but then I had to go to bed because I had to drive Donna and Lottie to the airport at three in the morning. So I gave up about fifteen minutes from the end. And then I watched the rest, the, the last 15 minutes with breakfast yesterday morning, and then watched Halloween 6 yesterday. Yeah, I did uh, Halloween 5 on Monday night, and let's say I got in from work at midnight last night, uh, having started at uh, half 8 in the morning, <laughs> and then watched uh, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah, man, it's a lot of Halloween. We'll get into it, but it is a lot of Halloween. Yeah. Um, so it might be a shorter show this week then in that case, but we'll, we'll, I mean, basically we can take it at a leisurely pace and if we go off on things, we go off on things. Yes. So, you know, hey, um, uh, hopefully we've got some listener questions and shit as well. I haven't actually checked the, uh, the old email bag. I might just do that quickly because I haven't checked that in a while. Um, my emails, um, Oh, thanks for the money, by the way. Um, nice. Um, yeah, um, no worries. No worries. Yeah, no, I just saw that. Um, oh, and also, we have had uh, some uh, non-film-related news, but some 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 good news, uh, I would say, um, in a slightly related note, in the fact that uh, Twin Peaks is returning in oh. around 18 months' time. Yeah, go on then. Let's fucking talk about this. All right. I've only seen <clears throat> I've only seen season one of Twin, Pe- Twin Peaks. I don't know why. I just never watched season two. I'm obviously going to rewatch both seasons. Oh, well, we'll rewatch season one, watch season two now. But how how fucking exciting is that to you? Because you, I mean, you are a massive Twin Peaks fan. It must yeah. it must just be like Chris. The next ten Christmases have come early. The, the, the strange thing is um, is um, Becky, my wife, has maintained all the way through from um, the first time that she watched it, um, which was when the original... I watched it when it originally aired. I was just watching my mum. But then I got back heavily into it when the, the first UK DVD came out. And from then, uh, my missus has maintained that she thinks that if there is going to be another series, it'll be after the 25th anniversary from it finishing which is what's going to happen. And she's maintained that all the way through. And I absolutely believed it. But it was one of those things where when, when Lynch um, tweeted out that, that tweet saying, dear Twitter, uh, that gum you like is going to come back into style, hashtag damn good coffee. It was a kind of a, ooh, you know, he has tickled the balls a few times before and then been very quick to come out and go, no, no, it's not happening. But nobody seemed to be saying it wasn't happening. And a few people seemed to be saying, actually, this has got legs. But it wasn't until that announcement that I actually officially went, do you know what? This is amazing. And the fact that it's Lynch and Frost are both writing, and it's it's only going to be nine episodes, and I've said, it's it, that's it. It's not back for an indefinite amount of time. It's nine episodes. And Lynch will be directing all nine episodes. Uh, then it is it's so incredibly exciting. And the great thing is is it's set twenty five years from the end of the the second series. So you know people saying, oh well, you know this this character, you know the actors have died. It's like well, yeah, but they naturally might have died within the twenty five years. And it, it just 
it takes some balls and some ego and just a sense of creative control um, to actually, from Lynch to, and Mark Frost, who I think gets forgotten about a lot when talking about Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it, to actually go, do you know what? We could have brought this back. They could have brought this back at any point over the past 10 years to varying degrees of excitement and probable success. But it, it wouldn't surprise me if Lynch has always looked at it and thought, I'm going to bring it back, it's going to be them. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know too much, and obviously I think you're going to be able to help out with this, but I, I, I hear that Frost and Lynch didn't have the best relationship, and so like it, it was never, I suppose, a sure thing that they were both going to do this, like, together. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those strange things of where, from what I understand, they were, they were, they were writing partners, and that was, that was it really. They weren't very close, like, friends or anything like that. And I think, uh, you know, they're, they're both quite, quite kind of quiet on it all. Uh, and they both seem to have loved Twin Peaks. Lynch, took it quite badly the way it was treated towards the end in terms of the the TV series. And I think Frost, who has worked more in TV and, and, and seems to understand sort of TV a little bit better, kind of took it as one of those things. I think there's a, it, it probably is that I think Lynch seems to have a lot more invested in the world of Twin Peaks than maybe Frost does. Frost, it was just, a, you know, a great creative partnership and a great TV series he created, whereas you get the idea that maybe Lynch feels that world a little bit more, um, and especially when you consider you know that he made uh, Fire Walk with Me and the fact that that got critically um, and commercially shat all over, but it started to naturally uh, and quite organically for people to actually go back to it and look at it and go, well, actually, do you know what? There is a lot more there. Twin Peaks. I mean, somebody uh, tweeted a very, a very good kind of reference uh, of Twin Peaks to give an idea of quite how big Twin Peaks was. The the viewing figures for the first season of Twin Peaks were around thirty four million in yeah, the US. That's insane. Uh, to give an idea of how insane that is. The biggest show on American TV at the moment is The Big Bang Theory, and that gets about 23 million. Now, of course, there are more TV shows. It's a different type of TV show. But then when you take into account the scale of the global phenomenon that something like Breaking Bad was, the actual viewing figures of Breaking Bad were nowhere near um, what, what Twin Peaks was. This was a an absolute TV phenomenon. Um and it, it, the second series did get a little bit bloated and did get, did waver in the middle. But there is still points in the second series early on and very much later on where, quite simply, it is breathtaking how beautiful that that film that series is. And the final episode, there's a moment where you get towards the last kind of 25 minutes, half an hour, where you can tell Lynch has gone fuck it. I'm doing this. Yeah. And just took over and said, I'm going to do it. I don't care if nobody likes it or gets it. It's what I see. And apparently that was the point where everybody just went, let's just let him get on with it. Let's just let him get on with it. And he did. And it's, 
it maybe wasn't to everyone's taste, and it is an absolute mind fuck. But it is, if you're still on board with that point, it is quite uh, electrifying. Quite how brave it was um, for you know when you're comparing it against the other kind of series that were on on TV in like the the early nineties, like things like Dallas um, and shows like that. It, it was incredible that this, this series actually ever got made. It's incredible even nowadays for a series like that to have been got as far as it did. And it, it was one of those where it did burn so bright and the fact that the mystery was given away um, of it, 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 that it meant it had to go in different directions um, a lot earlier than it maybe naturally could have. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's going to be an interesting one because it, it does feel like the chance to right a wrong. And I mean, like, I wish that chance was given to the X-Files um, because yeah. that, that was my big show when I was a kid. And I'll be honest, I didn't even watch all of the last couple of seasons. And I was no, a, I, I, I religiously I watched that. Show. I was in hard fucking core into the X-Files. And I mean, like, I think the... The, the kind of the bombing of the X-Files I Want to Believe film, but then, I mean, like, the bombing of a film about a gay man who tries to stitch together parts of dead people to become a Frankenstein version of his ex-lover, co-starring P- Billy Connolly as a paedophile priest. How yeah. how is that not a box office hit? You know, but <laughs> it, it, it's... Um, but I mean, I, I, I you know, Duchovny and Anderson and Carter have kind of like men- mentioned it, you know, like, and they've even said after the whole like the show, like, frankly, the world should have ended in December 2012 in the show, and obviously we're past that now. And they've said, oh, we've got a way around that, and it's, I would be intrigued to see that. And but the thing is, with Twin Peaks, it feels like it's coming from a place of real passion, whereas with the X Files, I wonder if it would just come a pla- from a place of. Chris Carter hasn't had a hit show in a long time, and Duchovny doesn't have too much to do. Whereas yeah. with, with Twin Peaks, it, I don't know, it feels like Lynch, like he doesn't have to do it, and it feels like he has got a fucking purpose. And that is yeah. exciting. Yeah, it is as well. And, and the other thing I think is, is I can't see a single um, member of the cast um, of, of Twin Peaks that, you know, that if Lynch approached and went, are you coming back, would go, uh, no. There's nobody that's kind of grown too big for yeah, or anything totally. like that. You know, I mean, probably the most successful um, person to, to come out of it to the side uh, is probably um, Heather Graham, you'd say. Mm. Um, and I can't see... And then, but you know, her, you know, her style's not waned, but she's not the... She's not where she was six, seven years ago. Sure. So you know, I, I'd be very, I'd be very doubtful that she'd go if they approached her to do it. If she's part of the idea, um, and they went, and she went, oh no, I'm, I'm a little bit beyond that now. Uh, I could see them all going. Do you know what? This is a, this is a chance to, to you know, like you say, to, to right some wrongs and to, and to give the show the fucking finish that it that it wants as well, and that, that it needs, and that the audience. Um, Maybe not want or need, but that the audience deserves. Yeah, totally. I, it's it. That's exactly it. I mean, it's it's very exciting, and I think the car, the new cast they they could get, 
I think there's going to be an awful lot of agents who are like saying to their their clients, you know, you might not know what Twin Peaks is, but you, you need to be part of this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those where it'll it, it, the build up to it is going to be just absolutely massive, and then. It, it, it could be one of those things where once it actually starts and there'll, there'll be so much build-up and so much buzz around it that you'll get a lot of people watch it and go, oh, but you'll have still this this, this hardcore fan base going, this is fucking amazing! Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll have that. So I, I can envision in 2016 it being perceived uh, possibly as, as not really working, but then you'll have the absolute hardcore going, this is just fucking incredible. One other question as well. What do you think about this petition that's been um, that's been going around for uh, trying to get Lynch to shoot it in 4-3? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It, it, I would say let Lynch do what the fuck yeah, he wants. Yeah, it's basically you know, that, isn't it, man? It, it, that, that's a little bit like, why? Because it fits in with your nostalgia for the show? Come on, what's yeah. beyond that? You know, if Lynch goes, you know what? Yeah, I like that. But I don't think if Lynch wants to fucking if Lynch wants to fucking shoot it on fucking finger puppets using a fucking Sony Ericsson T sixty eight I camera and do it like a flicker pan, then I'll fucking let him. <laughs> nice. I don't know. It's just I'm I'm immensely excited for the people who are excited for it. I mean, genuinely, like, no, there's no snarkiness involved in that. I'm ex- I mean, I'm excited, and it, it fucking gives me an excuse to actually watch season two, uh, mm. which, which you know, which I'm excited about enough, but it just, awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah, it, it, it was great news. I think it was handled really well, and the fact that, the fact that it was Lynch and Frost who dropped the bomb yeah. there, um, was done really well, and it, it seems to have been quite well received, and, you know, they'll it, it'll get shown in its entirety as if it's a normal TV show being rerun uh, in a prime time slot on Showtime um, in the in the build up. So hopefully that'll get the momentum going back for it again. Yeah, I mean the, the fascinating thing. I mean I just remembered this as well. I was I, I was driving back from taking Lossie and Dominic to the airport six o'clock in the morning, and I've got five live on, and they're doing the main headlines, and then suddenly the music started. And, oh. they, and they, they were just, and they were like, and we'll talk about the cult classic that's got everybody on the internet talking that's making a return after 25 years. And it's just like, that's the weird cultural impact that this had, that it actually made the morning news on on, on, on Five Live, you know, the BBC radio station. Yeah, and, well, I mean, the insane thing was, is when Twin Peaks was on in America, um, motels, and it was being shown in bars, and motels were actually putting on their, you know, their, their uh, roadside signs, um, advertising hotel rooms for renting out um, for people to watch um, Twin Peaks in. Bloody hell. So, so, like, people who were driving places could stop at this motel and rent out a room because it had Twin, because the, 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 the cable show channel could pick up Twin Peaks. That's crazy. And people were actually doing that. And, you know, that waned in the second series, but that was what was happening in the first series, uh, is, is that was what was happening. Um, and that isn't one of those, you know, those rumours. You know, that 
actually fucking happened. Yeah, that's you won't get you won't get anything like that anymore. I mean, like I I fucking really hope that someone over here gets the rights to simulcast it so that we don't have to bother I about. Gonna, I think they're gonna have to. Yeah, I mean, I and I mean, like, because sci-fi is showing Twin Peaks at the moment. And I think mm. and Channel Five were back in the day. Yeah. So B two had it at one point. Yeah, quite. So I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It'd be. I, I, I say it'd almost be kind of a shame if Sky Atlantic swallowed it up. But uh, I don't know. I don't think they will. I mean, it's just it's it is fascinating. But we've got fucking ages until <laughs> we're going to see it. Yeah. So I mean, Christ, we got True Detective season two to come out and probably just piss people off because nobody likes True Detective season two, despite the fact it hasn't started filming yet. <laughs> yeah, it is one of those things where I'm really pumped for it, but I kind of want to, with the exception of the occasional, this person's going to be in it. Ooh, that's interesting. Other than that, I don't care now until 2016. Mm. Uh, oh, it just, I don't know, it, it's awesome. I just, I love the idea of Twin Peaks coming back. It's such a cool, weird idea, and that 25 years later <laughs> thing is amazing, because I, 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 I know what that is referring to. Somebody says to Cooper, see you in 25 years or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... In, in the Black Lodge, it, it, it will see you in 25 years. And it, and, that, and it's just, you, you get the feeling that Lynch... Lynch has the ridiculousness to have, to have planned this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um, okay, so we move on. Yes, we can yeah, move on. Nice, but that was a good, that was a solid tangent that was. So, um, <laughs> we will have a clip from Joe Carnahan's latest, uh, this is Stretch, and uh, we will get into it. Has anyone ever referred to you as a punk-ass motherfucker? Uh... Not to my recollection. You are a punk-ass motherfucker who's an hour late. And at my age, when you find yourself making the most of even the smallest moments, the idea that you would swindle me out of an entire hour, that you would have the balls to vaporize 60 minutes of my waking life is contemptible. It's criminal. I'm, uh, I'm really sorry. Come on, son. You're going to patronize me. At least put your fucking back into it. You don't have any respect for the Hoff. Am I right? You think I never held a knife? That I'm unfamiliar with the taste of blood? That I took a shitty subpar show about lifeguards and turned it into the highest rated syndicated hit in television history because I got fucking lucky? I once forcibly sodomized a Viet Cong colonel with a stick grenade because he placed an ancestral curse on me while I was interrogating him. And I don't even believe in ancestral curses, but that's how fucking deep I roll. Okay, so that was a clip from Stretch. It's uh, directed, uh, screenplay written by, and story co-credit by Joe Carnahan. It stars uh, Patrick Wilson. Uh, pardon me, sorry, Patrick Wilson. Uh, Jessica Alba, uh, David Hasselhoff, Ray Liotta, um, Brooklyn Decker, Randy Kitcher, 
Um, and an uncredited, I believe, Chris Pine. Yeah, I don't think he's credited in the actual film, is he? No. No, I, I, I looked for him in the actual crawl as well, and I couldn't see him in there. But uh, that that man is in this film. Um, so, a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a lot as well. Yeah, I mean, Christ, to say David Hasselhoff and Ray Liotta, they're, be, they're both in it for maybe like a minute each. Well, uh, Norman Reedus is the first credit on uh, IMDb, and he's literally in it for... Maybe five seconds. Five seconds. <laughs> yeah, and which that bit is brilliant. But we'll get into <laughs> it's it. It's quite so, amusing. Uh, so yeah, uh, stretch the story of uh, a limo driver who essentially calls himself Stretch. Oh, Ed Helms is in it as well. That was the per- there was one person I was thinking of. <laughs> I forgot. Sadly, it was Ed Helms. So yeah, uh, Stretch played by Patrick Wilson is an actor who is you know not acting. So he's a limo driver. Uh, he's been just been dumped by his girlfriend played by Brooklyn Decker, and he owes six grand to a bookie. Uh, oh, and James Badge Dale's in it as well. Sorry, it's it's a big it's a big cast actually. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, he owes six grand to a bookie, and um, he's having a bad night essentially. Um, things seem to be picking up though when he's given a job by the um, the kind of the, the the taxi PA lady. I don't know what the, what they're called, but like the one who gives the gives the kind of like the stuff over the phone. Yeah, that kind of yeah, sure. Um, played by Jessica Alba, uh, she gives him a lead uh, to pick up um, a uh, rather dodgy, mad, rich rich guy played by Chris Pine, and uh, his night just gets weirder from there. So uh, stretch. Yeah, like I said at the start. Joe Carnahan has been very, very publicly critical of Universal for <laughs> for not releasing this in cinemas and not and not taking a chance on it. Um, given the current climate of film distribution and exhibition, Mark, do you think it was a wise idea to put this on VOD? I there's there's, there's two answers to that. I. I I do think it was a good idea for this to go out on VOD. Um, I, I, I think VOD is lending itself quite well um, to two films like this. And I think VOD isn't what it was maybe two, three years ago. But I could still see why, um, as a filmmaker, if you started uh, the whole process of going in and starting you know, writing a film or anything like that, sort of two, three years ago, why in this uh, amount of time you wouldn't want it to now only just be hitting VOD? You wouldn't start writing it. I don't think Joe Carnahan envisioned Stretch going straight to VOD when he first started making it. But I think that the the dynamic of VOD has changed so much, I think, in the past, even the past sort of 12 months, that I think that this is the sort of home that, that, that these kind of films are going to find now. Because there's no point, and this is with all respect to, to Joe Cannon's films, uh, or a film like Stretch, um, there's no point in putting this up against something like Gone Girl and Annabelle. Because it's not going to find its market within that. Um, you know, that's through no fault of the filmmaker or through no fault of the film. But it, 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 it's your probable fact is is the people who are probably going to watch this are either going to be the ones who are going to watch Gone Girl and they're going no offence but they're going to see Gone Girl or the Stretch. However, and the people who watch Annabelle are probably not going to be that interested in, in, in Stretch. But I, I mean, I happily uh, paid um, 
you know, 7.99 or some dollars I can't remember how much it was now off the top of my head. Uh, whatever it was on iTunes, I happily paid that. Um, I could have, if I wanted to, probably downloaded it illegally. Quite easily. But, fuck that. I want to give Joe Carnahan my money because I'm a huge Joe Carnahan fan. Um, I think we, we both are. Um, yeah. I mean, The Grey, I mean, like, for those who don't know, The Grey was our joint number one film of 2012. Yes, and you know we we didn't plan that. No, Neither no, no, that you. was a fun surprise. That that episode is still available, by the way. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was. I remember that just being like, oh shit, yeah, okay, you know. Yeah. So yeah, because yeah. I, I remember getting to it and thinking, I don't know what your number one is now. I'm a little bit thrown. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but um, what I will say is, had I paid to see this at the cinema, or had this been made, had this been released this week at the cinema, I would have gone to see it at the cinema, quite happily. Mm. And I'd, I, and I'd have, I'd have, this is giving away what I thought of the film. I'd have come away from it going, do you know what? Yeah, happy with that. It did feel cinematic. It didn't feel like some of the VOD stuff that I've watched and gone, yeah. That that's a VOD. I mean, when you compare something like Stretch to something like Bad Johnson, for instance, they're fucking worlds apart in terms of the quality of filmmaking. And yeah. that is a something where you know someone like Joe Cannon, who's directed the A Team, who's directed the Grey, you know, and you know, Smoking Aces, it splits opinion um, quite you know quite heavily. But you know, it, it, he's tasted. Um, you know, big cinematic releases, uh, and to an extent, I think he, he kind of feels. Do you know what? Maybe I deserve a little bit more. You know, uh, faith, I suppose, after quite how well received the Grey was, and the Grey did quite well, I think, didn't it? Yeah, it did all right. It did okay. It didn't do amazing business, but it did solidly. I don't think that film lost money at all. Yeah, so I, I can see where where from uh, Canaan could be. Perceived has been a little bit pissed. I mean, yeah, the Grey did um, twenty-five million budget and did you know just shy of eighty million. That that's that's pretty fucking good. Um, so I can see why, where he, he's coming from. I can totally see where he's coming from, also. But it's interesting the way he's framing this because he's framing it that Universal were essentially scared to release the film. There is nothing in this film that would particularly um, make a studio be fearful of releasing it. Oh, God, no. There's a lot of bad behaviour in it. You know, there's there's sex, drugs, rock and roll. You know, it's, it's, it's full on in that respect. And I, I would imagine it would get an 18, but it would be an e- like a very easy, quite gentle 18 or an R, you know. It's, I would, I'd say this country, this would probably be... A 15. It could maybe... The only reason why I think it wouldn't be a 15 is because there's quite a bit of drug use in the film and there's nothing comes bad of it. It's not exactly... It's not exactly condoning cocaine, but it's... You know, it's certainly... Then again, then again, the only people who snort cocaine in this film are dicks. And Patrick Wilson's character makes a point of not... of actually being on the wagon. Wasn't the handle of the three or fifteen as well? Yeah, good point. So actually, yeah. do you know what? Yeah, this probably could be a fifteen. But 
my 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 feeling on this is that I mean I don't know whether Carnahan's doing that just to get get to rally the troops and get people to download the film, uh, which he, he may well be, and he's got a large Twitter following, and he does make his voice heard, and I enjoy yeah. following him. Oh yeah, he's he's he, he 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 does seem like the kind of guy it, it'd be it, it'd be nice to go for a beer with him because you'd get some fucking stories. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, so there there is that, but. Looking at the marketplace as it is at the moment, like you say, there is no point releasing this film in cinemas. It would do nothing. The audience for this film does not go to the cinema anymore. No. You know. Sadly, yeah. And you tell me, yeah, yeah, you're spot on right. It, it, it would pick up the, the Canaan fans or anything like that, but they will pick it up on VOD. That's the thing. I mean, it, it's it's an. I mean, it's an odd beast. Is stretch. It's a really odd beast. It's like a little bit, a tiny little bit of drive, a tiny little bit of spring breakers, quite quite a bit of after hours, I would say, and then mm. like it all kind of smushed together into it into its own kind of neon beast. It, yeah, it, it does feel um, a little bit like it, it's set in the same universe as. Smoking aces. Absolutely, and that's 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 all good. And do you know what? That that film did nothing at the box office as well. Yeah, so, and, I, and I, I fucking love that. Film, yeah, no, fair, fair play. I enjoy it as well. You know, it, it just that these are the realities that we live in. And I mean, it's a it's a Blumhouse film, so there is no way it's costing any more than ten million. No way. So they may as well release it on VOD at a premium price. Yeah, and make money that way. They're, I mean, they, they will probably make money from this film. I mean, the, the distribution costs are going to be nothing compared to actually releasing it theatrically. You know, and it, it's and the thing is, I could see it getting good buzz and inspiring people to watch it. And I would also say it's a film that is probably best enjoyed with a drink. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 the, the strange thing about uh, about uh, stretch is, I um, somebody on my um, Facebook feed, somebody not a, 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 somebody who I know who is kind of into films, but I would never describe as being you know a a film nerd like 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 to the level of, of ourselves, and probably not the people fucking listening. Um, so it's like that I've never seen them discuss a film on Facebook before for instance but they actually put out uh, a link to the the stretch uh, trailer saying this looks great so it's like and I was a little bit taken back I was like fucking you know yeah it does it it looks brilliant responded to it and he was like oh yeah do you know when it's coming out and I I was like right it's going to explain the VOD thing Uh, and he was like oh oh, alright then that's a bit of a shame I, I, no, well, wait. I'll 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 tell you how you can get it. <laughs> mm. uh, so you know, it, it, like you say, it, I think it will get that word out there. Certainly. Yeah, and I mean, no, and, yeah, and fantastic. I mean, and the thing is, I think the, the film kind of deserves to really. I mean, I haven't, I haven't really. I, I, neither of us have really said what we actually thought of the film, but um, it's it's a really good time. It's one of the easiest watches I have had. In a fucking age, mm. it just you stick it on. It's fun. It's vibrant. I mean, it lo- it looks good. There's 
shit constantly keeping you engaged, and it's about an hour and a half long. I mean, there, yeah. and there is no complaint with that. I, I think the ending slightly just... The film chucks an awful lot in the air, and I'm not too sure it kind of catches everything as successfully as I'd like it to, but the film's not really about its plot, so that's that's a kind of a minor thing. It's about mental characters interacting with a very straight-faced Patrick Wilson and mm. him getting into some bizarre shit, and that's fun. Yeah, I mean, that's it. The performances are great as well. Um it very much looks like um, you know the, the the key the key players in it in terms of Patrick Wilson and Chris Pine have both worked with um, Carnahan before, and it very much seems like he's brought those two on board because he's gone right. You two are going to be the guys who, who will get on board with this, and you know Pine looks like like he did in Smoking Aces. Um, looks like he's gone to this and gone. I'm gonna have a lot of fun here. So, and, there's some great scenes. There's a great shot of, it, of a point where he's sat in the back of the limo um, and he's delivering this great fucking speech about um, about how you know there's, there's uh, I'm a fire starter and then you get that and you get all of that and it, it looks fucking it looks rich and it looks really fucking gnarly and it looks great and it's it's, it's a wonderful little kind of like neon shot like like Canaan's gone. Hang on a minute, so Neon's fucking cool at the moment. Right, well, I'm going to give it enough for it to look fucking great. Yeah. But I'm not going to give it a look, I'm not going to put too much in there as if for, for me going, look, I can do Neon as well. You know, it, it never feels like he's going, I'm doing this because it's cool. It's just he's doing this because it'll look fucking and it, cool. And it suits the mood of the thing. It's, it's yeah. this weird kind of like artificial kind of vapid kind of landscape and that the, the, the neon thing just suits it well and that scene also ends with uh now we're on fire and which <laughs> is except i mean the the line deliveries that chris pine has in this film are Fucking sublime. I I literally at one point um, I had to I had to do that thing where I had to uh, pause it because I was laughing too much at one point. Yeah. And it's a great moment where Chris Pine's character decides that Patrick Wilson's character's suit is shit, so he has to have a suit made. He's baked oh, no, off his face, walks up to him and puts his hands on the breast pockets of his of, of his jacket, and he's talking to him. He just stops talking, goes. That is really smooth. And Patrick Wilson goes, okay, and he goes, is that alpaca? And Patrick Wilson's character goes, unlikely. <laughs> and that was it. I was fucking gone yeah. with that. It, it's just, like you say, the, the line, the, the pattern, the line delivery and the response is just magnificent. But then you text me one uh, that Patrick Wilson gets later on in the, in the film that, again, it's just literally one of the all-time great fucking put-downs. Oh, the, um, to the kind of the white boy rapper? Yeah. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, okay. That bit is amazing. Um, the look at you, is your father still crying? It's just... (laughs) It's such a... Because there's such disdain in his voice. Yeah, oh, it just... Oh, that and the bit with David Hasselhoff, where he's, where he's like, 
because that's how fucking deep I roll. He's like, <laughs> which, I, oh, but that whole monologue, which is pretty much the only thing David Hasselhoff does in this film. Yeah, you really are not knowing who David Hasselhoff is. Yeah, yeah, I, it just... It's a film of singular moments. It's not a film of plot. It's just you enjoy the moments. And I mean, I will say, I think the film does slightly take a downturn when Chris Pine's out of it for 20, 25 minutes. Um, Yeah. Uh, you know, bit where where it turns into the him, even though the bit with the white boy rapper is good, but the bit where he loses the limo and then he's kind of chasing after it and whatnot, I'm a little, I you know, I'm not really super bothered about that. But I don't know, it, it then picks up again. I mean that that oh that that fucking midnight shadow thing or whatever it's called that he goes to, <laughs> and, at, at, like when he goes there. And it's that guy with that mask, but the really camp voice. Yeah, and, and the fact that when he when he gives him the money once he's once he's counting it by licking it, oh. the, uh, the eyes go from being red to being green. Yeah, and then he's, and then he's just like, "I'm gonna go now, bye." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I mean, the thing is, this this review is slightly on oh, this bit and this bit and this bit, but. That's kind of what That's this film, film is. Yeah, it, 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 it is literally just 90 minutes of, of, of basically, like, it, there's, there's, there's 10 minutes of setup of, look, this is who Stretch is, and then there's maybe 30 seconds of, look, this is going to be a fucking weird night. Then it's all just, and, and that is what makes the film. Yeah. It yeah. is the fact that it never gives you a chance, and it never gives Tretch chance to go... <sighs> There's a great exchange with a bouncer at one point. Where he oh, my to be God, the pretending to be the cop. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. they have, like, a general conversation, then he pulls the gun on him, and then it's just... There's, there's some great... Very similar to Smoking Aces, there's some great bits where, it, literally, if you blink, you'll miss them. Sure. There's a bit where he gets hit by uh, an old lady and she's asking him if he's all right and he's going, yeah, not too bad. And then she just turns around and goes, <gasps> coloreds, and then drives off because there's a bunch of, uh, of black bouncers running after Stretch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just... It, it, it's There's so much joy in it. And I mean, it, it, the thing is, they're obviously kind of evoking 80s comedies as well because at the end you've got a gag reel that lasts like the entire credits. And it genuinely, it's not one of those things where it's just like the end of like Evan Almighty say where they're all fucking yeah. singing. And it, it just actually, it like enforced happiness. It feels yeah. like they are all generally having a good time actually cracking each other up and whatnot. And like there, there are bits with Chris Pine where he is just trying to make Patrick Wilson, Wilson laugh. Right. The fact that the wonderful thing is there's a theme across that of where Chris Pine can't say Army Hammer. <laughs> he just, he can't get it into his head and he keeps saying it wrong. And you get the feeling that that isn't that he, the character's supposed to be saying Army Hammer and getting it wrong, just that, that Chris Pine can't get his name right. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> the Wilfred Brimley. And he, and he does that little fucking, like, rhyme at the end about Wilfred Brimley, <laughs> give me a treat, give me the sour, give me the sweet or something. It's like, what? <laughs> and it's like Chris Pine is making this up. And it just, and yeah, and you can hear, you can hear Carla laughing yeah, off screen. Yeah. It just, 
like, because he's talking about get me Wilfred Brimley's moustache, <laughs> and it's just like what? It, 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 I, 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 it's the thing is, this is a film. I, I actually think the audience of Dude and a Monkey would get a massive kick out of Stretch. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where. Whereby I enjoyed literally every second of it. Yeah, um, yeah, great. I will, you know, I, I mean, I'm imploring somebody, please, for the love of God, pick it up and release it on Blu-ray in this country. It will. It, it will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I would think it will be, but I, I want to own it. I want to watch it repeatedly, and it, it will get a lot of watches stretched for me because it is. It is so much fun. Uh, Patrick Wilson is brilliant in it. Pine is that fun, Chris Pine. And then, you know, James Bansdale, I know I say it every time I watch a film with him in, but he he's so he's so different and unrecognisable in everything I watch him in without actually being, like, heavily made up or anything like that. It, I was watching it going, oh, fuck, who is that guy? Who is that guy? And I was looking going, it, it's James Bansdale, isn't it? It is. It, it is. And I had to actually check and went, fuck, it is. But he's just, he has a way of being just, he's a great character actor, but who has the look of somebody who could be a fucking leading man. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which Chris Pine does as well. You know, he, 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 you get the feeling that Chris Pine is, would be happy to be a character actor, but he looks like a fucking leading man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's the thing with Chris Pine. I mean, bless him. Like, apart from like Captain Kirk, it kind of feels like whenever they actually try and push him as a lead, he, he doesn't quite work. But then, he, he, like you say, he does feel like he'd probably be like, yeah, I'll be a supporting character in the Joe Carnahan film. Sounds like a laugh. He'll just do it, and and he'll go full tilt. Yeah, it, it, it just seems like that. He, he's. He's a much more interesting actor um, than I think people would give him credit for. And I mean, you know, part of that is the Star Trek thing, but the Star Trek, you know, the first film is fucking great. I thoroughly enjoyed the second film. But I think people will always point to stuff and say, well, if you're doing Star Trek, you're doing stuff like This Means War and, um, you know, People Like Us and things like that. And it. It'd be kind of worrying if he kind of got lost in that when he is actually, you know, he first came to my attention in Smoking Aces where I thought he was the best thing in it. He was yeah. brilliant in it. Um, and, it, you know, again, in this, he's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, he just, he is an absolute riot and good for him. You know, I mean, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I just. He, I, I, for me, Chris Pine was the best thing about the film, but that's not to say that anybody else was was shit because they weren't at all. No, no, it, it's it's just like you said. I think you said it best. It, it's such a joyous film to watch. There's so much going on there, um, and it does seem like kind of having having fun with it. And you know, it, a lot of people would say, you know, oh well, you know, it, it's kind of having having fun after quite the seriousness of um, the grey, but. Gannon seems like one of those guys uh, who was looking at it going, no, this film is as important as every other fucking film I've made and every other fucking film I will make because films take a lot to fucking make. Yeah. And that's his thing. Of, this isn't, this stretch isn't less of a film because 
there's seemingly less meaning than there is than the grey and it's it's more of a good time movie. That doesn't make it less of a fucking movie. You know, people still work fucking hard to make this movie. And I think that's the place it, that he's it, that he's coming from. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, it, 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 it is the work of a filmmaker who does seem to work hard and play hard, basically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, good on him. I mean, I think maybe we're coming to the end here, but, I mean, it's, yeah. it is a definitely not shit. It's a yeah. boatload of fun. Definitely not shit. And also, as well, is for the type of audience that I, th- I think we get, it is a fucking strong recommend, as well as a definitely not shit. Yeah, I mean, that, that. yeah, it's like if we had some sort of dude and a monkey specific seal of approval for what I believe our audience to be, this would be a bang on dude and a monkey seal of approval. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic, great stuff. So, yeah, that stretch, it's available on um, on US iTunes. If you live in the UK, you can have a US iTunes account. It takes a bit of work, but you can do it. And, yeah, support it by, uh, yeah. like, fucking rent the thing, you know. Uh, Absolutely. It, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good time. Um, so, we are going to take a break for some promos, and uh, when we get back, we will be uh, heading cock in to um, the, the Jamie Lloyd trilogy of the Halloween films, and we'll be starting, surprisingly, with Halloween 4. Hmm. Ten years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. Now, Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. Michael! He's here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Who's going to be next? Ah! Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop him. Okay, Halloween 4. It is directed... Oh, so it's Halloween for The Return of Michael Myers. And it is directed by Dwight H. Little. And uh, who does it star? Because I actually knew that, but I... Daniel Harris. Yeah, uh, okay, so yeah. Donald Pleasance is back. Um, Ellie Cornell um, plays her... Oh, uh, Rachel, the sister. Yeah, well... It's a funny one, this, Or whatever she is. Really, because um, technically, in, 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 in this one, and this is going to jump a little bit to Halloween 5, but we won't talk about Halloween 5 in the movie, but in this, she's her sister because her parents are foster parents to uh, Jamie, yet in Halloween 5, everyone just starts calling her her stepsister, 
which just completely fucks with the <laughs> with, with with continuity completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. There is a boatload of stuff in this film that, or in, the, in these particular three films, where shit just doesn't seem to make any sense. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's weird that Halloween Six is in the same world as. These two films, four and five, yeah. Uh, you know, considering what what's going on with the Strodes in that one, so um, yeah, all right. Halloween four. So the story is um, Michael Myers uh, somehow survives the fire and yeah. uh, has been in. Uh, as he, he's been in the institution and he's being driven to Smith's Grove. Um, or he's being, being driven away from Smith's Grove to some sort of court hearing. Yeah, away from Smith's Grove to somewhere else. Yeah, okay, so away from Smith's Grove, or as the back of the ambulance says in Halloween 4, Smith Grove, yeah. which uh, <laughs> which is some great attention to detail. Yeah. Um, while in the ambulance, um, he basically overhears the ambulance driver talking about his surviving niece, who, it, I don't think it's said in this film, but in Halloween 6, it's said very directly was Laurie Strode's daughter. Um, well, in this one, she looks at a picture um, of Laurie Strode, and on the back it say, on the back of the picture, it does say mom, and I think as a year. Right, okay, fair enough. Um, so, and I think her father, based on the fact that she's called Jamie, is the Jamie from the second film. Oh, the lad who um, falls asleep at the wheel, like yes, in the ambulance. The, the, yeah, the, the ambulance driver, the, right. the terrible love interest. Yeah, okay. But that, that, that's putting two and two together and getting, getting four, which, you know, these Halloween movies don't often work like that yeah I mean these films it may as well be two and two equals y you know like uh, three plus five equals microwave (laughs) yes Uh, you know literally that is very very much what these films are like yeah um so um yeah so uh yeah he overhears that uh, gets out of the ambulance surprisingly and uh, r- basically goes to stalk Jamie and um, Donald Pleasance is about and he doesn't have too much to do in this one I don't believe uh, really um, but he's not creepy and he's not visibly close to death yeah. so that's an improvement with this one Um I am finding it really hard to remember anything about this one, Mark. So, why don't you kick it off? Um, at Halloween 4, it is, um, well, it's 88 minutes long, and it is a long film. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it contains none of anything of, of the tension or drama or skill or any of the originality of the, the the first film or even the second film, which was pretty shit, um, it, it, it meanders along uh, without you ever actually connecting with any of the characters at all, whilst also not explaining really who the characters are. So a lot of the time you go in, so who's she then? And is she that person? 
And then, like, I think you, you texted me about where we were pretty much at the same point and said, it, it seems like it might get interesting now because we've got a little bit of a, um, a like, almost like a home invasion thing going on. Yeah. And then it, it, that never gets that, that interesting. Oh, that's right. That's this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there are teenagers who, who, you know, might actually be teenagers, but look like they're in their 40s. Yeah. Um, there, it, it, it is painfully, painfully dull, and people do painfully stupid things. Like when Rachel is climbing up the roof, and she insists on putting Jamie on her back, which just is making it just so much more difficult, especially when Michael gets on the roof and goes, I'm just going to fucking walk. Yeah. Uh, and also as well, Michael doesn't look threatening because his shoulders are kind of hunched up, which makes him look like he's got no neck. <laughs> which, which just makes him not look threatening. It makes him look like he's looking at his knife going, what the fuck is this? What am I doing? You know, hello. Hello, everybody. I'm Michael Myers. I can't actually move uh, my uh, arms from the elbows up, and I have no neck. Nice. I'm scary, though. And he's not threatening at all. Yeah, I mean, he, he, there, there is nothing to this film whatsoever. I, 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 like I said, I'm finding it hard to remember. You have to remind me about the home invasion aspect, to be honest. But that's the thing. It does seem like they're going to tool themselves up. They're going to barricade the windows and whatnot. And then we'll see what happens. And then within about 10, 15 minutes or so, it's back out into the open space again. Yeah, there's, a, there's a great moment where uh, they run out of the school and they go and this they, they shout I think it's one sub and say he's he's in there and they go where and he's like the school it's like the building they have literally yeah. literally just come out of and are fucking pointing at that you are at so I'm pretty sure they mean that building. Yeah, uh, that it is just that level of this is shit. Yeah, that's. I mean, that 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 is exactly it. There, there, I mean, there is just nothing of value to the film. It's not. It's not egregiously terrible, but it's it's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's it. It's a slog. Yeah, it, I mean, it is, and I mean. The thing is, I mean, Danielle Harris gives it her all. I mean, she she's obviously she's obviously trying here, and I mean, Dan, Donald Pleasance turns up, and I don't know. I mean, at least they are at least they're trying to do something slightly different with the addition of Jamie, and mm. yeah, I mean, I, no, that's you see, that's Halloween Five. I want to move on to the fifth one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly there. Uh, Halloween 4 is, is just shit. It yeah. just is. Yeah, it's, it, it is. It is absolute... It, 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 yeah, it is definitely shit. Yeah. Um, okay, so Halloween 5, um, directed by Dominique Otenen-Girard. I, I probably haven't said that right at all, so apologies. But um, And stars Danielle Harris again. Otenen-Girard? Othenen, I think it might be. Oh, Othenen, okay. Yeah. Um... So, actually, quite a lot of the same cast. Uh, Donald Pleasance yeah. is back, Danielle Harris is back, Ellie Cornell's back, Bo Starr is back, um, the one who plays uh, Tina, Wendy Foxworth, she's back. So, um, or uh, she's actually known Wendy Kaplan in the film, apparently, she must have got married. But, um, so, this one. Um, first off, I will say the title sequence, I actually think is the most interesting title sequence 
not actually since Halloween 3. So it's more interesting than the Halloween 4 title sequence, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's got like all this, the slashing and whatnot. I, I, I think that's actually quite effective. But So the story is, at the end of Halloween 4, we got the, the weird kind of shock twist ending where Jamie like basically stabs her mother. And yeah. it's a year later... Jamie's in a in, in some sort of psychiatric hospital. Uh, Michael has been getting looked after by um, some sort of hermit for a year, and uh, in in one yeah. of, in one of the dumbest um, like how the killer kind of comes back uh, things I think I've ever seen. Frankly, it's ridiculous, and uh, he immediately tries to go out after Jamie again. But Jamie has a psychic connection to him where she can kind of like tell where he is. Unfortunately, she's mute. So um, yeah, she's that, become mute, hasn't she? Yes. So that hampers proceedings. Right. Halloween Five. I will say that at least it looks like a film. <laughs> it looks all right. It's shot okay. The cinematography is fine. It's it it it's it's totally directorially. There's some peculiar choices in it, though, isn't there? It is like the, the, the music that plays over whenever the, the, the two um, cops are in it. There's that first bit where they're walking out, like, out, out, outside the house down the driveway. And it's and almost like Three Stooges music. Yeah, it's clown music. It yeah, is... it's clown music. And it's weird. <laughs> it's really fucking weird. And it just... Yeah, exactly. What was the point? Because the thing yeah. is, the start of the film is fairly atmospheric. Like, the music is dark, and the title sequence is dark, and, you know, the, um, Jamie kind of, like, waking up, and, like, her kind of, like, trying to scream, but not actually being able to do it, is, it's quite an affecting, uh, effective image, I think, yeah. actually. Um, you know, just the way she's, like, really, like, going for it, and breathing, and trying to get it out, she just can't. I, I like, it, it is, it is a little bit, ruined by the nurse coming in and going, oh, Jamie, oh, She's Jamie, terrible. child, child, oh, my child. It, it just... That, that nurse it, 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 is in a series that so far had some bad performances in it. She has fucking taken the biscuit. Yeah, bollocks. She yeah, she, she's... Bollocks. Really, really, like, ridiculously bad. So, you've got her. Right. Donald Pleasant. also... Well, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the other bit, the, one of the bits that just baffled me in it. We'll, we'll get to it after the Donald Pleasance thing, because I think, I, I think we might be on the same page on this one. Donald, right, and the thing is, they play this up in the film, mm. but they really, really, really make him a creepy bastard. He shouldn't be allowed around children, and especially that child, because they actually reference this at one point, that he wants to have her killed. Yeah, you know, and, and and he is incredibly aggressive towards her, and you get the feeling that he is actually, you know, she's entrusted into his medical care. He's, you know, in charge of her psychiatric welfare, and he's quite aggressive towards her. And she is supposed to be a nine-year-old child. Yeah, it's. It's fucked. I mean, it really, it is really, really weird. And it, it, it I don't know, I mean, like, Donald Pleasance was obviously, I mean, like, he, I'm assuming at this point, bless him, he was, he was happy for the paycheck. Because yeah. um, why else, why else would he keep on coming back, to, like, with the way these sequels are? Um, 
but it is because it's not just him as well. There's a bit where like he kind of like grabs Billy by the arm and shoves him out the room, <laughs> yeah. which, which is it's it just bizarre. I mean, it's just really weird. He's kind of like he's pleading with Jamie, just like, like to you know to help him out and just doing this really. I mean, if this film was made now, there's no way that character would be would be like that. There is no, there is no is. way. He could be that aggressive towards a child. Yeah. So a, 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 a vulnerable child at that. Exactly. So it, it just what they were what they were meaning to do with Doctor Loomis here. I I mean I, I think they're trying to go for he's obsessive. Yeah. But it just. He's, he's aggressively ex- obsessive. Yeah, and I mean, it just it feels wrong. When you compare that to Six, where he actually looks quite settled and well-adjusted at first. Yeah. You know, and, and, I mean, like, and it, I don't know. That's actually quite nice. At, I mean, we'll move on to Six, but it's quite nice to see him at the start of Six actually, like, seemingly at peace. Yes, like, 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 like he's had a few years to not think about Michael Myers. Yeah, whereas here, no. Um, so what, what was the thing you wanted to talk about? The Fonz is in it. What? The Fonz, literally the Fonz. The boyfriend of Tina. Oh, the dude with the glasses? He's the Fonz. <laughs> literally, when he, when he pulled up, I said to Becky, I said, oh my God, it's the Fonz. And then he had a close, was like, oh my God, literally, they have dressed him and made him look with the glasses and the hair, like the thumbs. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't quite see that myself, but fair enough. That, I mean, it's nice. Um, and bear in mind, that is literally just after the clown music for the cops. So at that point, I was going, what's going on? <laughs> and there's a big point of this film where we don't spend it with... Um, Jamie, really, or um, or Michael? It, it it becomes Tina's movie for a good fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, you've got that really really long sequence in the barn where yeah. it just keeps going. There's like four or five fake out jump scares before like Michael finally comes into it. And I mean, it, it is you are just willing it to get the fuck <laughs> on with it. Yes. I, I, I mean, you have got that. But what I will say for Halloween 5 is I was I was surprised by the amount of little kids in peril that there is in this film because they really do go for that. And yeah. I didn't remember that. And I, it is something a bit different. Like, the last 20 minutes of this film, where it's basically Jamie hiding from Michael Myers, I actually thought wasn't that bad. Yeah, another thing that it does that is a little bit like, um, never really goes anywhere, is the the mysterious figure in the shadows. He was introduced quite early in the film. Oh, the, the... The black hat man. Yeah, it was introduced quite early in the film, and then never really has anything of an actual proper <gasps> moment. There's yeah. no big. Oh my! It's like I, it just kind of it happens. That is. Oh, it's this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it's basically, and for that ending as well, which is a really bizarre ending. Yeah. Where it does just end with Jamie walking around. And she's not even reacting to, like, anything specifically. 
and mm. then the film just ends. Yeah, they just disappear and it ends. That's it. Yeah, it's it, a, it's a strange. It, it, it's almost like they couldn't come up with an ending, <laughs> so they just ended it. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. It's it's bad. I mean, it, again, it is bad. Personally, I think this is better than Halloween Four because I do think that that it it does have the moments of interest in in the end for me. It didn't. It didn't. Uh, I will admit it was pretty crap. I, I would say it's on a par in crapness to four. It's still a. It's still a definitely shit. Yeah, totally. Definitely. I mean, definitely shit. But it. it I. Yeah. It, it for me an improvement on four and fair play to it. Like, because four, it just it's really really unmemorable. And even though there is worse stuff. There, there are worse elements in this than four. I think yeah. it has longer stretches where I'm actually paying attention. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, and in that in that context, yes, it probably is better than than, than, than four. I wasn't I wasn't thinking at any point during five. I could I could probably turn this off and still know as much as I know right now. Okay, so that was two definitely shits again, and. Uh, I'm actually going to take a pee break and potentially get a drink. So, uh, actually, yeah. Shall I get a drink? No. Yeah, I'll get a drink. So, uh, here is the trailer for Halloween 6. I don't know what the trailer is, but it's probably going to be some sort of really cheesy, terrible mid 90s horror, horror trailer, which will probably yeah. be quite fun. So, here it is. <laughs> cool. Do you know why we celebrate Halloween? A long, long time ago, it was a night of great power. When the days grew short, all across the land, huge bonfires were lit. Oh, there was a marvelous celebration. And they dressed up in costumes, hoping to ward off the evil spirits, especially the boogeyman. Okay, so uh, that was the trailer for Halloween 6, the uh, curse of Michael Myers. And um, it's directed by, who the fuck is this directed by? Joe Chappelle. Joe Chappelle. Um, who has directed, that's where I know his name from, he directed a bunch of Fringe. He did, yes. Uh... He, yeah, 16 episodes of Fringe, right, okay. That is, yeah, that is totally where I know that name from. Um, he directed Phantoms. Oh, the um, ben, Affleck. ben Affleck film. Actually... Uh, it was the bombing phantoms. Yeah, no, it was phantoms. Bloody hell! All right. Um, so yeah, no, he was the bombing phantoms, and uh, yeah, so directed by Joe Chappelle, um, stars uh, Donald Pleasance, Paul Stephen Rudd, uh, <laughs> yep. Marion Hagen, Mitchell Ryan, Kim Darby, Bradford English, a, a bunch of fucking people I've never heard of. Uh, but it is the third one in a row where Michael Myers is played by George P. Wilbur. Um, so that's something. Um, released in 1995, the same year as Scream, 
Um, and Insane. basically, yeah, basically being the, and coming from Dimension Films as well, being the absolute distillation of everything that Scream is commenting on. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is so painfully 90s, it is untrue. Yeah. Um, so, the story for this one... It, it's actually, actually it's, um, Scream was a year after it. Was it 96, Scream? 96, yeah, December I, 96, I, Scream. I, 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 I defer. I'm sorry, I genuinely thought it was 95. Okay, well, still... But I think I my point remains. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, your point remains absolutely. Yeah. So, one thing for this film, you can say that they are doing something different. Unfortunately, that thing, something different, is worse than if you just had the same thing again. I think yeah. it's probably fair to say. So, the story is... Um, between the end of Halloween 5, where Jamie was looking round and like it cut to black... She seems to have been taken by a mysterious cult. Uh, Michael seems to have raped her. Uh, it's got to be at least six or seven years later, at the very least. Well, they say, they actually say uh, it's uh, six years in the film. Fair enough. Which, which would make her 15. Yeah, that's fucked. She doesn't look 15. There's, yeah, there's no way that girl in this film is 15, I mean, 15 years old. She also knows how to drive. Um, which, which, which doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So, um, he rapes her. Uh, she's pregnant. Um, uh, a, a, a nurse in the weird culty place says, go and take your baby and go, even though you'd think if you're going to be a nurse in this weird culty place, you'd probably be pretty fucking into the cult. Um, but, hey, um, yeah. she... She runs away, she eventually gets tracked down by Michael Myers, but she's hidden the baby, and uh, wouldn't you know it, Paul Stephen Rudd, playing Tommy Doyle, finds the baby, and uh, through a, a bunch of stuff happening, and uh, Donald Pleasance's old colleague, Dr. Wynn, uh, tells him to get the fuck back to Haddonfield, because you, you haven't died yet, and you, you, we obviously need to give you a little push off the cliff, um... Mm. Poor Donald Pleasance, um, and a bunch of 90s shit happens. Mark? Yeah, well, this is a continuation of a theme, actually, that we that I forgot to mention, that, that starts in the fifth franchise of, of, of the, this series, where um, you start to get... Uh, Loomis starts to constantly go on about um, Michael Myers' rage... Uh, running through him, and it, 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 this has a lot of that in it, and it's like I, I never saw him as that much of a ragey kind of character at all. He, uh, he gets rage when he's killing, but rage yeah. would seem to indicate having more than a walking speed in terms of wanting to kill someone. Yeah, not just uh, not just sort of like you say meandering across. Um, so yeah, that was a, a strange choice that kind of continued throughout this. It's, it, 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 I say that again, it, it's just painful how how 90s this film is. Even the fact that you've got a, a, somebody who would go on to become a lot more recognisable uh, in the future, in Paul Rudd being in it, who just seems like he's just kind of been a little bit Paul Ruddy in it. <laughs> the thing is, 
he seems a little bit slight. I, I don't know what he's doing in this film. The way he says his lines, it's like he's taking the piss. Yeah. But Absolutely. I don't think he is. I think I think at that mo at that moment when he's in this film, he actually thinks he's acting. Yeah, uh, highly highly plausible. I mean, what are the, probably at this point, I think this might have been his first film. This was the first film that he filmed. He filmed it before Clueless, apparently. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, you, you can kind of see that within that certainly. Yeah, I, 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 just the way he's like. It was the cult of the fawn. It, it just like there's a, a real, yeah. like I don't know, like a weird kind of affectation he's putting on his voice that I I don't know. It's like he's trying to verbalize the character's mental illness. Yeah, but it it, it, does, it doesn't come across that. It just I think now having made all the films that Paul Rudd's now made, when you go back and look at it. You go, it just seems like he's being Paul Rudd. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it's... It's a... It's a uh, it's a shit performance. I mean, it, it's... A, but, I mean, it... I don't know. And, and even, even though, even though, there are a couple of moments I like. There's one moment... The, the bit where he's where he's kind of in the, the hospital thing at the end, and that, that woman kind of shows him the, 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 the bloody bit in her stomach, and he's just like... Oh shit! <laughs> you know, it's actually just the way he kind of like kicks out the oh shit. You know, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I quite enjoy that, but I, 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 I don't know whether I should. <laughs> like shame, enjoy. Very much. Go on, sir. Go on. Continue. Yeah, it's it's. It's very kind of slight and story, and the fact that they've they've shoehorned the Strodes back into it, and it's like it, it very much is. It's an incredibly tentative link. Mm. Uh, it's like these aren't actually really your like blood family that you're going after in a way here. It, you know, there's there's no reason for you to be going after these people, Michael. Yeah, I mean the the. These, these people, I mean, I like, I kind of like the idea of bringing it back to them moving in the house because no one would actually buy the house. Yeah. Um, I, I you know, I, 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 that's an alright idea. But the dad is, 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 is a, yeah, is a weird, fucking odd stereotype of drunk dad. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, I, I don't know what that man is doing in it, like doing here, you know. Um, and I mean, I, it's confusing as well because the the brother Tim he didn't know that it was the Myers house, like yeah. it was that house, and it's like, well, how did you not you know that? Not know that, yeah. You, you're gonna know that that is the the infamous Myers house in a small town like Adamfield. Oh, he, he played Jonathan Cartwell in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'm going to assume that was in the series where Will goes to, like, college. And he might, I think he might be one of the uppity kind of... Uh, that wouldn't surprise me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, that's how interested I am in this film. I'm looking up cast members from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um 
It's not a good film. No, it? I mean, it just... The thing is, as well, it, it's got that 90s look that looks like shit. That, <laughs> that, that, that kind of, like, drab, like, weirdly kind of blue kind of look. Yeah, and they're shoehorning this druid crap into it, which is just making you go, no, just no. He's not controlled by the druids. Yeah. He, he is... He is, and always has been, literally just, up until about halfway through number five, he's just pure evil. That's what it is. That's why he can't be killed, because evil can't be killed. He's not a druid puppet who, that's where he gets all his supernatural powers from. No. Bad Halloween 6. Yes. I I mean, it becomes confusing as well, because then you've got Danny, who appears to be getting drawn by that evil, but then there's also He's the baby. He's got a 45-year-old's face. Yeah, he does, actually. That's a good point. <laughs> and also, Billy, the kid from the from Five, again, forgot to mention it, Billy's got a dwarf's head. He might be a child, but <laughs> Billy has a dwarf's head. I can't say I noticed that, but that's, well, that's it, good. It, like his that. head is the full size of a normal human, like a dwarf. <laughs> he has a dwarf's head. <laughs> Honestly, he looks like one of the characters from Labyrinth. What's that? What, what's, what's he called in Labyrinth? I don't know. Donald would probably be able to tell me, but... Ah, fuck. That's I want to say Gwildor, but I don't think it is. No, Gwildor's the thing in Masters of the Universe, isn't it? That's funny. Oh. <laughs> oh, fuck, nice. What's the dwarf called? It? Oh, call, I've only found out what the dwarf's called now in fucking... In what is it? Hoggle, that's it. Oh, yeah, oh, no. Billy, okay. number five, has Hoggle's head. Fair enough, Hoggle's head. Is that a beer? Hoggle's head? I think it might be a beer, <laughs> Let's have a look. <laughs> Again, this is tangent of the highest order. Hoggle's head. No, it's not. <laughs> But it fucking should be. Yeah, actually, it should be. Kind of feels like the right time of the year to do that as well. Uh, anyway, so, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah, I, to be honest, I mean, I think we've only been talking about these films for half an hour, but I'm amazed we got half an hour out of them. I'm, 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 I'm gobsmacked we got half an hour out of I was worried. And also, I will also say, how is everyone, and also, how is the bus station playing this Radio Shock Jock guy. Donald Pleasance is listening to the Radio Shock yeah. Jock guy. And, yeah, it's just bad. None more 90s. None more yeah. 90s than that. Yeah, this, this, is, this, is, this is everything that was wrong with 90s horror. Pretty much, man. Yeah, I mean, the, like, the, the, the kills they, they cut away from, apart from the one... Actually, the dad exploding headshot. That's that's not too bad, yeah. Doesn't that, make that, any that, fucking sense, but I'll no. take it. Yeah, uh, yeah. By that point, sense is is, is all gone anyway. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I uh, <laughs> yeah. definitely shit. Yeah, I mean, again though, it's more memorable than four, but it's memorable for the really shit aspects. Yeah, like like the like the end bit after um, oh god, Paul beating the shit out of Michael with a pipe. Yet the pipe has nothing on it at all. It doesn't look like looks exactly the same as when he started hitting him. And he literally just gives this fucking fucking really random kind of ah, 
I just did that, grin, and then just drops the pipe and kind of just saunters off in a jolly little <laughs> way. Yeah, oh, and then and then after that, the the actual ending of the film, which you know, Paul Rudd and the girl and whatnot drive away, and then Donald Pleasance is just like standing there, and then it cuts to that room, like the room where Michael Myers is beaten, and his mask is there, and then it's just a weird old man yelping voice. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, like I. You've heard of the producer's cut of this film, yes? I have heard of the producer's cut, yes. I've seen the producer's cut. Have you? I've not seen it, no. I've not not seen it. Yeah. I was tempted to watch it for this, but then I thought, no. Yeah, it's like ten minutes longer as well, so you don't want to do that. Um, Yeah. And, and, I mean, the the ending there is actually interesting. I, I, I think I'm remembering this right. It's basically Donald Pleasance essentially confronts Michael and then takes the curse off of him. All right. And then it basically ends there with Loomis taking Michael's evil. And I I don't see why they don't they didn't do that ending instead of this weird what the fuck just happened there then ending. It's a it's a hedge in their bets for a for a, for a seventh isn't it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, it's, uh, I, I, it's, it's shit, it's shit, it's shit, it's shit, it's shit, it's shit, yeah. it's shit. Yeah, it is shit. <laughs> really shit. Moving on. Yes. So, next week we will have uh, the return of Jamie Lee Curtis to the franchise with Halloween H2O, and Trick or Treat, motherfucker, with Halloween Resurrection. Uh, oh. we, we get oh. to slow it down and only watch two a week, so... Uh, yes. That is a win. I would say that is a win. Um, it is indeed. Because I, I, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm looking forward to in a few days of not having a watch a Halloween movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really fucking looking. I'm probably actually not going to watch any for like a solid week now. Yeah. Just give myself some time off. But um, anyway, yeah, uh, we'll move on. So t- well, we haven't got any emails because you lot are a bunch of bastards. So um, we'll move on to Twitter questions. And we... Have got right. I know we've got more than was actually tweeted at Dude and a Monkey because uh, uh, Monday Dan tweeted asking um, what film each of us wish the other one didn't like. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. What's it? It's what film would you change if you could change each other's minds about their opinion of one film? What would it be? For me, the thing is, there are so many that I would want you to change your mind about. I would like to increase your increase your level of entry level. I will, I will sit down and watch this because I think you're wasting your time watching so much shit generally. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wish you had a higher barometer uh, for minimum quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can, I can see that. I literally will watch anything. Yeah, and, and the, the, the shit as somebody says something is, the more I will go. Do you know what? I'm gonna watch that. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I, I, w- I wish um, you, you would uh, have not softened your opinion on Prometheus. 
I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the rage you had against Prometheus. I don't <laughs> like the fact that you made your fucking peace with it. Because now I'm I, I'm feeling a little bit like that lone voice who's going, no, no, no. It doesn't get away with the fact that it looks pretty at points and the fact that after it, Scott has gone, oh, well, no, it, 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 it never was supposed to be a prequel to Alien. You're lying. Yeah. And I mean, him now saying that you know, there's not even going to be an alien in, in Prometheus 2. And it, it does kind of feel like, all right, then, what was the point of the, what was the point of the first one? Why, why introduce all those different elements? How does it make sense that there's a mural of the alien in that big thing when the xenomorph even takes a kind of a gestative form only it, right in the end of the film? How is it not LV426 uh, when that thing crash lands in the exact that same, same angle that, that, you know, God, that, that film, the thing is, I've made my peace with it somewhat because I think visually it's fucking awesome and I, I like the production design. Technically, I like the film on a technical level and I can appreciate it for that. And, and Michael Fassbender... Everything else can go fuck itself with that film, but that just about gives me enough to hold on to. But the thing is, the next time I watch it, I could be right back in that first viewing again. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, it's, I, it's important to note that like me and Mark and, and Noel all watched Prometheus together. Was Jordan there? I don't think he was. No, no, that was Pacific Rim, I think. Yeah, that was Pacific Rim. Okay, yeah. so we all watched it together, and a blesser, Donna had to put up with me as well. Uh, yeah, Becky was there as well, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Becky, uh, Becky talks about film. Like, Don, Don doesn't like film nearly as much as uh, She would say that herself. She doesn't like film nearly as much as us, but she was interested in Prometheus. Yeah. Um, and bless her, she just had to deal with me. Yeah. <laughs> and we literally spoke about Prometheus. For about seven or eight hours straight. I'm mm. just getting increasingly pissed off. Yeah. As we got <laughs> yeah. drunker. Yes. It was quite amusing. Actually, no, George definitely wasn't there because I remember us like having a conversation with him by text. Yes, that was it, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that now, yeah. Oh man, that was a, a, a funny evening. <laughs> anyway, um what else do we have? Ah, at very cinematic. Which film slash TV show do you not get that everyone else loves? I don't get Twin Peaks despite trying it three times. Fair enough, Tom. That's a fair enough one. Um, Twin Peaks is one of those series, I think, where it quite simply, it, it, you will either get a connection with it or you won't. And it's not, it's not a, it's bad if you don't or you're wrong if you don't. I am absolutely happy the fact that some people just don't get it. It's not, it's certainly not for everybody. Um, I never got 24 as a TV series I never got 24 and I fucking tried I have watched the first four or five episodes of the 24 the first series five or six times and every time I get to a point where I go I just stop watching it and I'll go no I need to give it another, need to give it another go and it wasn't until like the fourth or fifth time that I tried that I realised just don't give a fuck it's difficult because I don't consider myself a massive TV fan, but I'm thinking no, about like no, yeah. I'm thinking about like TV TV series, and I like Breaking Bad, uh, I like Fargo, I like Game of Thrones, Mad Men, Mad Men. Never tried it. I watched two episodes, and I was just like, 
how the fuck can people watch this for seasons and seasons and seasons? And I'm sure... Oh, and Community. And I know you like Community, but no. I, I like the first three series of Community, and then Community was one of those shows that crawled up its own ass and died. And I'm, I would quite happily have it not happen, not continue, because it... I didn't even watch um, the majority of the last series. That, I just gave that, up caring. That fucking show, two years ago or three years ago, that show was all anyone fucking banged on about on Twitter. Yeah. And it did was... my nut. And do you know what? Like, you don't hear anyone talking about community anymore. And I know it's not on at the moment, but it is, I, I, like, Yahoo bought it or something. It yeah. is coming back. No one fucking talks about community anymore. Damn it. I, I always try and keep my, my TV show watching quiet on, on, on social media, um, to be honest. Not through any shame, but just because it, it's one of those things where I don't, I, 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 for some reason, I just don't talk about that that much. I mean, at the moment, I'm actually, I'm actually in a fucking, in a weird place where I've got five TV shows, I think actually six, that I'm actually watching on a weekly basis at the moment. Because I've got Sons of Anarchy, um, Becky's making me watch um, this current series of Doctor Who. Uh, and uh, I, I will say I'm happy to be watching it with her, but I really don't fucking get what everyone fucking sings about it. Oh, and also, this is the first series I have watched, by the way, people. But um, this it, it does seem a little bit like Clara is the, um, is the main focus of the show. And um, the doctor is her psychic. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what else am I watching at the moment? The League, um, Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, last week's news tonight, uh, and there's another one that I'm missing off, uh, and I can't remember what it is. On Bones, so I've got six TV shows going on at the moment. So that's like almost one a fucking night, and I'm not somebody who watches a lot of TV normally. Yeah, I mean, I um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think of myself as much of a TV watcher, but I I, I am watching an increasing amount of it. I don't know, it kind of, I'm I'm slightly starting to get what people are saying about the, like you know TV having a, a more value content than film. At least these like at the, currently, at least, and it, the tide might turn again. But mm. I'm watching the strain. I'm watching uh, Fargo. Uh, I watching... tried with Fargo, but it had Martin Freeman, and I just can't stand him. He's not in it that much. That's the thing. It's kind of weird how not much he's in it. Um, but yeah, I'm watching Fargo, The Strain. Um, you know, I watched quite a few sitcoms comes with Don. Um, watching Doctor Who. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It just for me that actually feels like quite a lot. I want to start. Oh, uh, House of Cards. We're trying to get through at the moment. We're we're cracking through Fargo, and then I think we're going to go back to House of Cards. But I want to watch Sons of Anarchy. I want to. Re- I actually really want to rewatch True Detective because um, Don Don's expressed interest now. And well, um, I tried with True Detective, um, and then about three or four episodes into it, and. It's struggling to make me want to watch the next episode. Um, it, it, it's just not gripped me at all. Yeah. And I had a similar thing with, with, with Breaking Bad. Uh, people keep telling me, episode, I said episode 8 or episode 11 of season 2 is where it starts getting really fucking good. Yeah. And I'm like, 
But that's a lot of fucking TV to get through to get to where it's really fucking good. And I'm at that point of going, what if it doesn't for me? What if I'm just not at that? That's like 13 hours to get to a point of where people are telling me it's really fucking good. I am not going to wreck it. That's the thing. I am not going to be one of those people who says, oh, it gets really good in season three. I'm not going to be one of those people. I will just say what my experience of it was in in a fairly succinct way. It took Donna and I literally about two years to get to the end of season two. And then we did the and then we did the rest of the show in in like six months. Well, I did um, the first five seasons of Sons of Anarchy in uh, and they're they're thirteen episodes uh, a series, so they're not like twenty four episodes a series. What is it? But I did that in just over three weeks. That's insane. I mean, I, that's I really want to watch Sons of Anarchy, and I'm I'm going to get to it. And the, the current series is just fucking incredible. It is, is tense as fuck. And it's good the fact that you know this is the final series and Sutter has always said there's going to be seven series and then it's going to finish. So you know it's finishing pretty much at a point where he has always seen it finish. And they've tried to get him to do more and he won't. That's good. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting really. I mean, you know, with with you know more and more TV that seems like it's worth watching, and like, mm. I mean, I just bought the PlayStation again. I've been playing a lot of Destiny, and just like mm. you know, Arkham Knight's out next year, and I'm going to be like investing a lot of time in that. And it just it feels like games have an interesting. I mean, I, I've even been playing um, The Walking Dead on my iPad, and in, in terms of like an actual story, you, you you're actually intrigued to see where it goes, and the the, the fact you shape that story. It's really fucking good. Uh, like, really good. Um, and, you know, so with all these medias, I think I've kind of, like, had to accept the fact, especially with Lottie growing up and whatnot, I'm accepting the fact that I think this is the last year for a considerable amount of time where I'm going to be keeping up a film a day average. Yeah. Um, because, and it's not... It's not because my like love for film is diminishing or anything like that. It's not that in the slightest. It's just I think we we are in a great age for general entertainment visually, whether it be through film or TV or games. And I think TV and I, I've got limited experience in games relative to a lot of people. But I think there are some games that are kind of providing those kinds of enthralling experiences as well. Yeah. Like, The Last of Us. I was not super into The Last of Us as I was playing it. But I'm thinking back on it, and I'm actually really tempted to buy the remastered version on PS4. If if I see that thing for cheap... To give you an example, Becky um, played Last of Us on the PS3. Um, bought it on the PS4 uh, when it came out um, and um, played it solid for like three days to get through it. How much experience do you have of that game? How much have you seen her play and whatnot? I've seen her play a bit of it and I've played maybe an hour and a half, two hours of it myself. And you just didn't get into it? Uh, I'm, I'm a terrible gamer. Because uh, what I will do is I'll start a game and go, I'm enjoying this, I'm enjoying this, I'm enjoying this. 
And then what will happen is, is I'll stop playing that. I'll have like a night where I'll play it for like five or six hours. And then I'll stop playing it. And then the next night when I go to play it, I'll go, ah, fuck it, I'll play FIFA. And that is it, you know. And I literally, I, I, I'm one of those terrible people who I can literally play FIFA from night it comes out until the night before the next one comes out. And I can just do that. I, I would be happy with just that one game. Um, I'm a terrible gamer. I try with other games, I do. But it, it's not that the games don't grip me or anything like that. It's just that it's not where my eye goes. Yeah, I mean that's the thing because I, I I was I I used to always but I don't have time for games because I got too many films to watch and I think there is there is a case for that but at the same time I think there are general experiences coming with games and I mean that, I mean with TV I think most most people would say it's already there where I think they are they are just as engaging at least to me mm. and it's. I don't know. It's an interesting time, and the thing is, like, I've got, I've got my Blu-rays. I'm, I'm going to continue buying Blu-rays after my. Uh, oh, by the way, the most first world problems thing you'll ever read uh, is an article by me about my problems with digital distribution and the problems I encountered. It's going, it's, it's going to be going up on the Verity blog later this week. It'll be probably be up by the time, um, by the time people hear this. But it, it's the most first world problems thing ever. But it's why I think I still need Blu-rays, um, but, um, you know, so, I mean, I've still got them all there, and I'm still going to enjoy them, but I think the slightly obsessive, some would maybe say autistic need in me to keep up a film a day average, mm. is being superseded by just being a bit more open to a broader spectrum of, 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 of media. media. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely see, see that, um, becoming a, a, a thing there's more interest screaming I mean I, I watched a, a little bit of um, the, the the playable trailer for the what is going to be the new Silent Hill movie and, oh, um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got that downloaded I don't think I can dare well, open Be- it Becky said it, it's terrifying yeah um, the actual the, the, the playable trailer and that's you know that's going to be I think co-written and co-directed by uh, that's Del Toro right. yeah um and that's a, that's a kind of big influence of the game. And I think there's there's definitely more of a, a creative verve going into to, to games. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's interesting. I mean, there's, there's one coming up for the PS4 um, early next year, Until Dawn, where it's basically yeah. you're playing a teen slasher. Well, um, The Evil Within comes out, I think, next week. Oh, that's on right. Tuesday of next week. Uh, and that's that's getting a lot of publicity. Uh, and that essentially is a horror game for Halloween. And that's how they're releasing it. Yeah. You know, which is how you release a movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's a... Um, that's that's a you know that's 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 how they're tying that in. It looks like a really fucking solid game as well. I, I won't be playing it myself, but I'll happily sit and watch um, Becky play uh, the Evil Within. Um, at, you know, without question, you know she'll be getting that. She's really looking forward to it. And I'll happily sit there for nine, ten hours over a couple of weeks watching uh, play that. I wish I could get Don to play that or Alien Isolation because I don't. I'm not. I I can't play horror games. I've got. I, like I can watch horror films. I can't play horror games. They they like The Last of Us had moments that were a little bit too. 
a little bit going towards, oh, fucking hell, too much for me. And uh, The Last of Us isn't known as a particularly scary game, and it, it's the idea of actually controlling what's happening. That, um, yeah. it, that is the big thing uh, for that for me. Um, but what a tangent. This is great. But um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. But the thing is, I think it's going to make my, I actually think it's going to improve my film watching as well, because instead of doing it almost sometimes just to fill a quota, yeah. I'm going to be... Picky. Yeah, I'm going to be watching stuff that I actually want to watch when I want to watch it. And like, I, I envisage myself not just going through Netflix looking for something to watch, but actually going through my Blu-rays and just thinking... Or like just thinking, I, I'm really... I'm in the mood for this. I'm going to stick this on. You know, mm. and so I, I, I kind of think it would be... It will be better all round. But I, I just compare that to when I was working at the cinema and where I was literally getting to through two or three films a day. But that was because I was working in a cinema. I was in a projection booth. A lot of the time I had nothing to do. And transitioning out of that, I was trying to keep it up. And it's just... I don't know. It's about kind of moving on. And also, frankly, Lottie gets more and more awesome every day. And I just kind of want to spend time with her as well. You know, yeah, but... it, it, it's one of those things. Once your kid hits a certain age, your film watching does take a, a hit to an extent. Um, and then it starts to come back as um, your child realises she's got this little whole room she can go into where you don't go. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I could see that kind of kicking back in then. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. But any, how the fuck did we get onto that? From, it was from that question, actually, um, which was um, from uh, Tom, a very cinematic, um, where you asked, uh, is there any film where you just you just don't get it, a film or a, a TV uh, show? Okay. Um, by the film that I just don't get it, I've tried, I've tried and tried and tried and tried. And I'm not going to go about the, the, the Star Wars series, I, I don't get the Star Wars thing, but I'm very happy that other people do. Um, is Sansa Lambs, just don't get it. Oh, fair enough. Just, just, just do not get it. Tried and tried. And I've seen that film a bunch of times. Not a couple of times, a bunch of times. And if you'd have asked me at sort of 19, 20 years old what Sounds Lamb was like, I'd have gone, that's a great film. It's a wonderful, brilliant film. And it wasn't until I watched it for maybe like six or seven times that I went, do you know what? I actually don't like this film. And I watched it a few times again and was like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't think I've ever liked it. I think I just thought I did because I was supposed to, and it was one of those where I went, Do you know what? Just don't like it. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I've got it up on my Blu-ray shelf. I can see it. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, with with films, the thing is, I think there's there's not that much of a common consensus on great films that I I don't at least enjoy. I mean, the closest thing I could think would be something like Chunking Express, which I do not get why. People <laughs> love that fucking. I seriously. Yeah, you're not, you're not a fan of it. I chunking express. One car white generally does my nut. Even though didn't he do in the mood for love? Yeah, he did. I like in the mood for love. That's the thing. But chunking fucking express. I like no. No. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm Super Ashes of Time as well, and Ashes of Time Redux. No. <laughs> so just apart from in the mood for love, just not a fan. No, I'm yeah, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm not. I mean, uh, my, my blue, blueberry nights. My blueberry nights. I no. I I you. If someone wants to PayPal me a tenner, 
to watch my Blueberry Nights and review it on the podcast, I'd say, fuck you, give me 20. <laughs> I own my Blueberry Nights on, on DVD. Do you want to give me a, a 20 quid to watch it? No. No, you don't, no. <laughs> no, I like you too much. There, well, there you go. I've watched it. I, I've witnessed uh, Jude Law try and do a Mancunian accent. Jesus. <laughs> yes. It's fucking... The majority of the first 20 minutes going, what? Is, what? is he supposed to be from Manchester? Mm. Why not just make him from London like he is from London? Why Why make him a Mancunian? That makes no sense. Why don't just cast a fucking Mancunian? There is no thematic reason for him to be Mancunian. Other than at one point he says, well, I'm from Manchester. He's like, you're not from Manchester. Mm. I, uh... It's not very good. And on that note... <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right, so that's going to do... This was a nice, chilled-out, tangenty... Sure. Not the, probably the least focused on actual films episode of Dude and a Monkey we've ever done. Yeah. So, but you know, hey, never mind. Um, yeah, but hey, Stretch is fucking great. So it is. Yeah, it is a it is a, a, a real bundle of fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll call it a day there. Um, we don't know what we're going to review next time because the um, the reviews. Uh, uh, no, sorry, the, the films released that week are rubbish. So mm. we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But uh, yeah, we'll have something, and we'll have uh, Halloween H two O and Halloween Resurrection. Yeah, uh, pardon me. So uh, I'm going to put and um, or I did but. So we're going to call it a day at Dude and the Monkey at Ian Loring at Dude Foz Dude and the Monkey at Gmail dot com. Let's have some feedback, you bastards. Even if it's just to complain about the fact that we actually started talking about TV and games on the show, which uh, if I was my like self three or four years older and I was on 35mm Heroes, I would have been having a go at Jordan about that, but fuck it, yeah. it's our show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, but uh, that, that's it. We'll call it a day there and uh, hope you enjoy, guys, and we will be back. Um, we'll be back in like a week a and week a half back. when we when we record, but a week's time in your world. Yes. Thank you very much. Bye. And before uh, we actually end this, I'm recording this uh, a solid week and a day after we actually recorded the show, and uh, I literally just uploading the episode now. I've been on a holiday, what can I say? Um, next week's show, we are actually going to be reviewing Annabelle, bit of a, uh, a bit of a kind of a placeholder, really, but it was an excuse uh, to have uh, Noel Meller on of Adventures in VHS, adventuresinvhs.com, go there, donate. Let's get that book fucking going. And, uh, yeah, I think Noel's actually going to be joining us for the whole show. So we're going to be talking about Annabelle. Um, and we're going to be doing Halloween H- uh, H2O, H21, whatever you want to call it, and Halloween Resurrection. So, uh, yeah, it should be a good one. Um, Noel was just like, I just want to chat. So it's not not really in conjunction with Ventures and VHS, but I'm sure we'll talk about it. But he just fancied being on the show and we're more always happy to have him so uh, yeah next week should be a fun one probably be out around about the same time next week Mark's editing it he tends to get them, get them out a bit earlier than me so uh, yeah hopefully like Wednesday next week but thanks very much for listening I hope you enjoyed the show and uh, yeah speak to you next week cheers <laughs>